0: Welcome back to the Face Off spot. This is your host Adam Larson. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. I always really appreciate it when you guys tune in. I'd also like to thank our sponsor at Howie's hockey tape company. Uh, if you'd like some 10% off of your Howie's hockey tape purchase, make sure to enter the coupon code faceoff off 10 into the, uh, coupon code area to get 10% off of your Howie's hockey tape purchase. Appreciate them as well. Um, I also appreciate our next guest. Um, I know that during the podcast, during most podcasts, um, I probably reference my hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, at least maybe once an episode. I I would say that that's fair. Uh, It's a place that I'm still very proud to be from. I've met a lot of good people in Tulsa. I was coached by a bunch of good people in Tulsa, met a lot of good hockey uh, people in Tulsa. And my next guest happens to be one of those. I've already had his older brother, Butch Cable, on the show before. I think I'll have to go back and double check. This might be the first time uh, that we've had a a brother come on of a a previous guest. I know them both very well. This is an episode that we've been trying to get together for quite some time. Uh, We finally found some time to do it. But uh, I would like to welcome the hockey director of the Tulsa Junior Oilers, uh, Clage Cable, to the show. Clage, I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. I know we were talking before we started recording and I think we've been trying to set this up for like a year. So I'm glad, glad we were finally yeah, we able have... to do it.
1: Yeah. Thanks Adam for having me on. Uh, uh, congratulations on your podcast. It's, it's uh man. It's well known in the area now and it's growing and yeah, I'm just glad to finally be on. I know we, we've talked for a long time and our, our times haven't, uh, lined up, but here we are today.
0: Hey, you know, you know, it's okay. Uh, uh your, your brother, Butch mm-hmm. beat you to the Beat you to the uh, point there. he was able to get on before you, but uh, and I had a great episode with him, and it was a lot of fun to uh, reminisce, so we might do a little bit of that too. But um I am gonna know the answers to some of these because some of these questions because I've already had your brother on, and uh, you know, I know you guys I feel like fairly well, but you still have to start the show off the same way everybody else does. And I want you to talk about how you first got. Uh, involved in the game of hockey and I know you obviously come from a a big hockey family but uh, can you kind of talk to us about how you got interested in the sport
1: Yeah yeah pretty much out of the womb for me because I was the youngest one of uh, I have two older brothers and an older sister we're a tight family and um, and Butch was the first one to play um who was on the podcast and he kind of led the charge for the rest of us um, I'm sure he told the story of just uh, you know we're from a small town in Illinois and my my mom is five foot tall, and so my dad. Um, so my dad was growing up like most people in the Midwest. He was a baseball, football, and basketball player, and uh, and so when when he had kids, he's like, you know, one sport we're going to stay away from is probably basketball because we're not going to be big people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and so uh, so so we we played uh, you know baseball and football growing up, but he said, well, basketball. Uh, my dad got uh, my oldest brother Butch into hockey and. And then that led the, um, you know, led with my, my middle brother, Carson playing. And then, and then I played and, and, uh, we just grew up in an incredible first generation hockey family. And, you know, my dad, he was, his favorite sport was baseball his whole life. And, uh, now, um, through all these years, he's, he was involved in youth hockey for, for over 50 years and, and hockey's a sport. Um, and so it's a big part of our family. Now we're in our second generation of, uh, of a hockey family and, every every saturday morning my dad shoots us all a text okay who's playing this weekend we're all the grandkids and so so we're in it we're all in it as a family and uh and we we try to keep up with each other
0: well it it's funny too because you know Butch has uh kids you know still involved in the game uh, you have kids still involved in the game your brother still has kids involved in the game so it's like you're not out of it if any you know you guys have been uh, in this for quite some time but uh, it's just it's it's cool to see and Um, You know, specifically, I can remember uh, definitely Butch's kids being at the rink a lot, but also yours. And it's like, I've known those kids since they were three or, you know, whatever the age was. But now, you know, you're seeing you're seeing Laz on, you know, ESPN. And uh, I know your kids doing pretty well as well. But uh, it's just it's great to see them come up and just be like, oh, I knew when they were just little kids. Uh, But they're all uh, they're all finding success in their own ways, which uh, I'm sure came from. And, and this is something Butch and I talked quite a bit about, but just the way that you guys were brought up, as far as your uh, work ethic and uh, you know staying in shape and that kind of being before uh, there was a big push to do so. But before we move on, because I wanted to ask you this question, I bring this up on the podcast quite a bit too. I feel like the younger brother. So you have two older brothers, were which you know both of them were good hockey players, just like yourself. But I feel like the youngest one. It's kind of like they get better because they're getting dragged around with their older brothers everywhere. So when they have to end up playing against kids their own age, it's like, oh, like this is a little bit, a uh, little bit easier. I'm kind of used to playing against uh, bigger kids. But how much would you say that having two older brothers played the sport kind of helped you? Because I'm assuming that you, you know, uh, kind of had to compete with them, even though you're younger and uh, probably a little bit smaller at the time, just with being the youngest one. But um, how much of that do you think had to do with your, uh, success with becoming a good hockey player?
1: Yeah, I, I can say that if it wasn't for my two brothers and my dad, I would have, I would have never reached, uh, you know, all the, all the things I did in my career. Um, I mean, just from day one, they pushed me, but they taught me too. Um, I remember, uh, Butch, So back what a lot of Americans don't realize is in the eighties and hockey in the U S was not like it is today. Um, you know, like I'm from Illinois, Illinois, when I was a kid, wasn't a hockey hotbed it is today. Cause you know, the Chicago Blackhawks won three cups in um, the two thousands and, you know, hockey is huge there, but, but my brother, when he was 17 years old, he went to Canada and this is a funny story. So he, he went to Canada at 17 and, um, he got up there and he tried out for a team and the coach said, Hey, i'm going to take you but everything you learned in your whole career i want you to erase it from your mind because we're going to reteach you the game um and so 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 back then you didn't have the coaching like you have now um especially in non-traditional hockey markets and then the u.s the the 1980 olympic team miracle and ice changed hockey in the u.s forever but but the funny story is so he went to canada at 17 and, uh, and, and my, my brother Carson, and I obviously, you know, we were back in Illinois and growing up playing youth hockey and he would back in those days, um, you don't, we only, he only would call on Sunday night because that was uh, a cheap collect call. So <laughs> every Sunday night he would call and, and we would all, we'd all come together as a family and, and Butch would start teaching us things over the phone from Canada, things he'd learned. And, and, and one that I always tell people that, that cracks me up, I would have been you know, eight or nine at the time. And he said, okay, guys, I'm going to try to explain this to you guys, but I'm going to teach you what a one-timer is. And so (laughs) we were like a one-timer and we thought it was the coolest thing. Like, oh, we just learned what a one-timer was. Now it's like, you know, obviously everyone knows what a one-timer was, but we really didn't, we didn't know. And so, you know, getting back to your question about, you know, how my two brothers impacted my career. I mean, it, it was everything to me. I mean, from, from Butch teaching, Carson, I, you know, just the steps of hockey, we didn't even know what junior hockey was when Butch left home, um, you know, the steps to play college hockey and all that stuff. And then Carson, um, Carson's a type A personality guy. So he, he pushed me harder. And so between the two of them, they really pushed me to, you know, to be all I could be as a player and forever grateful for them. And, you know, they're my best friends. So we, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're still tight as we get older through the years. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just, you know, it it is cool because uh, I'm an only child, but, you know, it, it's just I just know plenty of hockey families where the youngest one just ends up being just a little bit better just because he's having to go against his older brothers. But it was cool. And I do think that Butch told that story of him, you know, going up to Canada and just trying to share that information because I do think that there's a lot of current players down here now They just assume that like, oh, yeah, USA, we compete against Canada and we do pretty well. Like, you know, it comes. it's like, well, like, yeah, that's now. But back in the day, you know, there wasn't as many rinks. Hockey wasn't as popular. It wasn't uh, because we were both kind of, uh, you know, involved in it. But if you look at how much it's grown since then, um, it's hard to kind of tell kids like, yeah, like it wasn't, especially down here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You know, we have eight different star centers. They're, you know, all over the place. And I can remember coming down here originally, they had one star center, you know, and it, it yeah, just kind of yeah. shows. But the, sometimes the kids don't realize, like, oh, like this is just kind of in the past maybe decade or so, become a little bit more uh, prevalent and, and popular in the States. But uh, anyway, I wanted to get back to your uh, playing career a little bit here. Um, at what point do you, um, at what point did, do things start getting, I don't want to say serious because, Uh, You're obviously competitive from a young age. At what point do you start thinking about, you know, uh, moving away from home and and going to play juniors and and or college? Um, How old are you when that happens and and what does that look like?
1: Yeah, well,
0: um, you know, just being around the game,
1: you know, my whole life, um, I'm 46, so I started playing hockey at three and just to see um, just how the game has changed you Know in the last, uh, especially in the last 20 years, um, you know, the things that kids do nowadays you never saw when we were kids, um, mm-hmm. and so just to see, you know, the skill sets and you know, how, how you know, fighting's leaving the game, and you know, like it's just there's really no intimidation in hockey now because fights, you know, really not allowed much anymore, and so it's all about skill, um, and so just to see. The game change has been incredible, and and even me now as a hockey director here in Tulsa, you know I'm always trying to just stay current, you know, because I don't want to be a dinosaur. I don't want to be just left in the dust and and right. thinking like I did even you know ten years ago. And so, you know, your question of like when do you leave home? When do you really start taking a series? I think it's all situational. Um, you know, a kid in Dallas or a kid a kid in Tulsa is probably a little bit different than a kid in Minneapolis, you know, and so. You know, you just, you just got to figure out your path that the cool thing about hockey that I've learned through the years is if you took 20 NHL hockey players, they all have a different path. Um, and that's, that's just different than any other sport and, you know, in football, you play high school football and if you're good, you get a scholarship. And if you're good in college, you play in the NFL, you know, and hockey's not like that hockey, there's so many different paths. And so I just think that the biggest thing that I always tell people is. You have to you have to be around people that you know that that you trust and that you that know the game and that they'll direct you um, to do things at the proper time. Number one, and number two, you need to dominate the level you're at. You know, I see so many kids that push the envelope where they they see their buddy leave home or they see their buddy play AAA or whatever that is, and they feel like they need to. It's like, well, I learned that early on in my career um, that if you don't dominate where you're at currently, then you shouldn't be looking at the next step yet. You need to dominate where you're at. And when you do that, then, you know, let's talk. So, but, but yeah, I think with leaving home, I mean, you know, my son left home this year uh, for the first time, which, you know, is, is new for us as a family. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, you know, a kid in Dallas, you know, if he's a really good player and is, you know, the Dallas Stars Elite is an incredible uh, AAA program. I mean, I think you, you know, you, you stay there and you play there until you have to leave. I don't think, you know, you have to leave until, um, you know, until you th- there's really nowhere to go, you know, in your youth program or, um, you know, there's an opportunity where, you know, you really can't say no to. So I, I yeah. really do think just what I said earlier is every, every situation is, you know, it's, it's all situational where you're at in your career.
0: Yeah. Well, um, but as far as like um, your path, because, uh, you know, at a certain point, you have to move away from home. Uh, yeah. What? How old are you when that happens and where are you moving to? And you yeah. also and also a third question. I hate to ask, ask three questions in a row. But then you also have two brothers that have kind of already taken that path. And so was it a little bit easier? Sorry for the multiple questions, but yeah, uh, no, that's great.
1: right. It, well, I think this leans into the um, you know what I was just saying uh, earlier about how I earned, learned that early in my career. I, I left home at sixteen, and I went. Um, and this is crazy. I I, I was telling uh, my son Jackson. I was telling his his Biller brothers this when I was up visiting them in Minnesota last month. And I went from Bantam Double A hockey to the USHL, which was a just a, a crazy, crazy jump. And so I went to, uh, I went to Omaha, the Omaha Lancers tryout, um, just to see what I could do. And, uh, I had a good camp and I made the team and, but, um, so I left home at 16. I was a sophomore in high school and I wasn't ready for that. I really wasn't, um, you know, just talking, you know, as, as my older self now, um, I, I really needed to play. A year of AAA, um, you know, not go right from AA hockey to, to the USHL was, it was too big of a jump and and so so for me, I went and played there two years. And I at the time when I went to the USHL, I was the youngest guy in the USHL. And boy, was that a bad thing for me because <laughs> I thought I thought I made the NHL. You know, I thought you know what, I got three years. I got my sophomore, junior, and senior year. I'm going to have the pick of the litter of where I want to go to school for a division one scholarship. And, um, things didn't light up that way because I lost my drives. You know, I, I, I didn't have that edge in my game. And so I was, uh, I was in Omaha. I played two years there. And at the, at the se- after my second year, I had to reevaluate my career. And, um, and man, I, I worked my tail off that next summer. My brothers going back to my brothers were right there in my corner and basically had to, um, just say, you know what? Um, we need to make a change here. And so I went to the North American league for a year, um, my third year of juniors. And, um, and I had a really big year. I, I, um, I think I was second league in scoring. I had like 40 goals and I still didn't have a scholarship. And so, um, going into my last year, why it wasn't my last year of juniors. I had two years left, but the last year I ended up playing, I went to Des Moines and I had 32 goals in the USHL my last year of juniors. And then got a scholarship from there to the university of Alaska Anchorage. But know, I think the last two years of juniors, I was, I had the most goals in, in any junior hockey player in North America. And that was crazy to me because, um, you know, the, my first two years of juniors, I, I didn't play well, I wasn't good. And it kind of lines up what I was saying earlier, but I I wasn't at the place where I needed, I I was ready for that. I didn't dominate the level um, that I skipped. I skipped AAA hockey. Um, and so You know, for the, for the listeners out there, I think the message with, with my story, with my junior career would be, you know, don't rush it and don't, don't go, um, to a level too soon that you're not ready for. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and the last piece of that is you got to keep your foot on the pedal. I I don't care. You know, nowadays kids will get scholarships at, you know, their junior and senior year of high school and they think that they, they made it. And then, you know, you hear story after story of players that actually don't even, end up playing a division one hockey game because mm-hmm. they thought that they made it and they took their foot off the pedal. And then other guys, there's always those players all over the world. Think about hockey. It's a, you know, it's through the whole world and there's players in Russia and Sweden and Finland and all these different countries, Canada, us that want your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned that as a player, um, you know, and, and thankfully I figured out by my last year of juniors and got a scholarship.
0: Um did any of this have to do cuz this comes up quite a bit I think that this is important cuz I feel like you you in order to really get better you have to it can't just seem like work the entire time like you still have to enjoy what you're doing and I think that you could probably relate that to a bunch of other things in life outside of hockey but when you were kind of talking about you know I don't think you used the word you know burnt out or anything but at what point did you start to enjoy it again? And if so, do you think that that kind of helped you helped you along? I mean, because um, yeah. because it's kind of a common theme with a bunch of the ex professionals I have is there's at some point it's kind of just and it's not a, you I think you called it a lack of drive. It isn't necessarily that. It's just kind of um, kind of re- needing to reignite, um, kind of like a passion. Uh, cause if, if you wake up and do something day after day, after day, after day, there's times where you can kind of lose focus on why you're doing it and why you enjoyed it in the first place. But did you find that once you were able to kind of enjoy it a little bit more, did things kind of come together then?
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and especially in today's game, you know, where it's become, you know, everyone's getting so good, you know, so it's a little bit of a catch 22. It's like, you need that time of refreshing, like you said. Um, But then, you know, if you take too much time off, there's guys that are going to be out. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of finding that balance, Um, you know, for me, um, I think that that um, that as I I went through those times of maybe, you know, struggling, it was just kind of refocusing on, you know, the moment Um, I see so many players and I tell my my kids this all the time is is you got to enjoy the moment. Because the moment's only there once. And I know for me as a player, if I had like a regret in my career, was that I always looked at the next step. You know, like if I was playing Pee-wee, I looked at Bantam. If I was, you know, if I was Bantam, I was looking at midget and then I was looking at juniors, then college then pro. And I never just really said, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy today. And, you know, that's, that's what I try to preach to our players and, and my personal kids is, is, hey, yeah, today might've been a bad day or. Today might've been a good day, but just enjoy it. You know, it's like, I know for me as a coach, gosh, I would rather be playing. <laughs> I'd rather be playing yeah. out there, but you know what I tell, I tell my players this all the time. I, I can't, you know, I'm, my career's over, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I want to. Um, and so, you know, so I really try to to preach that to our players and, and I think that helps with maybe the burnout or, you know, um, maybe getting tired or maybe just that reset time is like, hey, if you tell yourself, listen, I might be tired right now. And, but I only have one career. I have one career. And it might last until you're 18. It might last till you're 35. But even if it lasts till you're 35, you have a long life ahead of you, you know, and so, you know, so really enjoy the moment.
0: Yeah, well, no, I I think that's, uh, that's very wise. And uh, obviously very honest and, and well-spoken Clage. And, uh, one of the big, you know, and I think that, you know, this and you're helping out with this, but one of the big things, or one of the big reasons why this podcast exists is for, you know, people like yourself that have been, you know, you know, pro hockey players, you're able to kind of say like, okay, hey, you know, there were times where I struggled or times, you know, maybe I didn't uh, make the right choice, but, uh, either way, um, people are learning as far as you know you're you're coming along and you eventually end up being able to play uh, professional hockey um i can personally remember being in tulsa when you and your brothers played for the oilers i thought it was it was awesome um because it was like wait we get three it was a big deal because i kind of found out about it before you guys got there and it's like wait we're getting like three brothers and it's like that's got (laughs) to be cool and it, it was cool um but as far as um the way that I saw you when you came down because I kind of went over this with Butch as well but I just remembered you being such a strong skater and and so fast and strong and low great edge work all of those things and I feel like I feel like you kind of played the way that players play now do you ever look at today's game and say like oh man like I I may have done a little bit better if I was in you know, today's game as opposed to, you know, uh, previous, but do you ever think about that at all? Does that ever go through your head? Because I just, I remember you being the type of player that, you know, you would see now, you know, but it was a little bit harder, you know, when you talk about, you know, yourself being a little bit shorter, you know, sometimes that comes into play, but do you ever think about, hey, what would it have been like for me to play today's game? Because it is very different.
1: Yeah, to answer your question. I think about it quite often. Like when I mm-hmm, watch yeah. an NHL game and you see all the skill, and the speed, and it's just such a different game than than when I played. Um because yeah, 'cause I'm not a big guy and so I, I you know, I use my speed a lot. And um, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast is, is intimidation in the game is, is pretty much gone. You know, like mm-hmm. what I played, I mean, gosh, like you play against some crazy guys and big guys and the hooking and the holding and you know, size really did, um, impact the game and that, you know, it doesn't as much now. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, I do think about it. Um, but I encourage guys nowadays, you know, like really for me, the biggest thing that I want to do as a hockey developer is I want to, I want to help kids do things better than I did or, or guys in the past. And so, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, if there's a smaller guy, you know, in, in my era, it was like, Hey, if you're smaller, that was a huge negative, you know, but now it's like, you know what, you're smaller. That's okay. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. Johnny Gaudreau and, you know, I mean, go down the list of guys that, you know, are 170 pounds out there flying around and have a just amazing skill. And so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's my goal now is just to teach guys like, man, the big message is skill development. Like you gotta be so good. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the reps in at a young age. And and just keep developing your skating, your shooting, and, you know, all the all the parts of your game, you know, yeah. to, to keep up with with today's game.
0: Well, and it's funny, too, because I'm going to just speak specifically. I mean, you could say this with, about a bunch of other organizations, a bunch of other teams. You could probably also say it about the Junior Oilers, but, but kind of speaking just specifically about the Stars Elite, and it doesn't matter what year they are. They could be the, you know, I always get the years mixed up, but, you know, as far as you could be a young one, and they're still doing stuff that it's like, it's mind-blowing that these young it kids, didn't. these yeah. these little chop sauces and these little, I mean, very like in the skating and the ability. But it's almost one of those to where the game has just continued to progress and progress and progress to where if you're not that skilled, you just, you know, you're not going to be one of the better players. But I, I really do enjoy the creativity. I think the game is becoming much more creative. Um, but to see some of these young kids that maybe have only played hockey for four or five years their abilities it's just it's crazy to watch because i know for a fact i wasn't doing any of those things and neither was <laughs> anybody that i played no. with we weren't doing well, any of those things it's crazy
1: it really is you know just uh some of the stuff i see these young kids do you know like you said i, I never saw pro hockey players do right. um and they're, they're doing it you know six and seven years old so so i ask myself this all the time is well, what's hockey look like in 15 years you know and and you know, like you look at a guy like Connor McDavid, who you know is just dominating against the best players in the world, and and you almost are like, how how do you get better than that? Like how do you get better? But you know, it will be. You know, you know. Yeah, it will uh-huh, be. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, so that's that's where my mind always goes. You know, is where I go, yeah. where I start thinking about, okay, you know, this these kids that are seven or eight years old right now, um, you know, what what is the NHL going to look like? It you know, in 10 years when they're ready or or 15 years and
0: yeah, you start to kind
1: of just wrap your mind around that.
0: Well, and the crazy thing, and I don't know what this will look like, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it. I think it'll become more of like a three dimensional game. I think there's going to be a lot of pucks that are like up off the ice. And I'm not saying they're going to do Michigan moves all the time and all this, but I think kids or just players individually. They're getting so much better about chips and getting the puck off the ice in order for it to, you know, be able to maybe find some passing lanes that it wasn't before. And just kind of, there's just, it's evolving quicker and quicker every day. And every day there's a new clip of somebody doing a play that's like, wait, what? Like, I've never even thought of that, let alone tried to execute it. But I do think that's one of the things that makes the NHL a little bit, it's always been exciting. And to be honest with you, I kind of miss the way that it, it used to be played, but we're, we're just seeing things today uh That we just never had before, but essentially, I mean, it's kind of like when Gretzky decided to do like a curl, and everybody's like, "What?" Like, right. he didn't go straight towards an a, like curled and like bought time and right. space. Like, what we didn't know, like you know. But then it just it goes on from there. Because now looking back on it, you're like, yeah, you know, Gretzky, you know, obviously you know, probably the best player of all time. But you're like, man, McDavid, like that's got to be the most skilled player because that's what I say. I don't say he's the best player of all time. I say he's the most skilled. But looking into it, it's like, how does that get better? but it and it will, and I think that's the exciting part about the sport, is that I feel like it really does, uh, it can become creative. And I'm not blaming the sticks. Some people are like, yeah, their sticks are flexier, and it's like, nah, it's a little bit more than uh, the equipment here. But uh, anyway, uh, I did want to get into, because I feel like um, I want to be able to kind of talk about this for a little bit before we have to hop off, but I kind of want to talk about your transition uh, into, uh, coaching or into being the hockey director for the Tulsa junior Oilers. Cause I was around, but I can't remember, was there a length of time that you stepped away from hockey or did you retire? Um, and then kind of start coaching right off the bat. Cause I always remember you being around the rink and not taking a break. I might be misremembering. Did you hop right back into it? Or did you take a little bit of a break after you retired?
1: No, I, I took a little bit of a break. Um, you know, I, you know, I ended, ended my career and, and, uh and then at the time my wife was pregnant with, uh, with Jackson, our oldest and, and, you know, it was, it was time where it was like, you know, I needed to, to, uh, make my family the number one priority. And, and as I got out of it, I think it was really good for me. Cause I, I took a, a step back and then, you know, you kind of see like what you love to do and what you're passionate about. And, uh, and when I took that, that break and then, you know, Derek Toninato and I, we, we jumped in and and took over the um the program here in Tulsa and we just gosh we just fell in love with it we fell in love with development fell in love with you know helping people especially in a market like Tulsa where you know it, most people that play hockey they're they're first generation hockey players you know a lot of people in Tulsa get into hockey because they go to an Oilers game or east uh, east coast league hockey team here um or they watch on tv or you know they're you know, whatever they moved here I mean. It's not like the typical, you know, hockey market where their, their grandparents, parents played and their parents played and now they're playing. So, so that's really been fun for me. Um, just be able to explain and help people go down the proper path, teach them the game, you know, just be a, being a part of their development. It's just, it's just something incredible. I love to do. And when I stepped away from the game, it kind of just, you know, helped me refocus of, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, I want I want to, I want to help kids stay away from maybe my mistakes as a player and, you know, mistakes that you hear other players make and, and help them, you know, just, just have the best career they can. You know, if that's, you know, if that's them playing through high school or if that's them going to the NHL, you know, my, my goal here and, and what I'm passionate about is helping every kid, helping every kid. You know, I, this time of year, I have a lot of families come and they just want to talk about their kid's development and what the next step is for them. And, and I love it. I love it. I I I I've, I've done it for ten years, and it's just uh, it's pretty special to to be around all these kids in Tulsa and their development.
0: Well, and the other thing too, and I think this is why I still have such a, a soft spot for Tulsa is it, it it's a great hockey community. You know what I mean? Like you it said, really like we, we might it's like we might not have as many players, but the ones we do have, they are invested. They are into it. Uh, the families are close. The parents are close. Like it's just with it not being, you know, you get down here to the Dallas, you know, Metroplex, there's a million teams and, and part of that's great and there is still a community a community down here for sure. But it's almost just so big to where it's like there's little smaller pockets of the hockey community. I feel like one thing about Tulsa is that if you're in it, you kind of know everyone, you know? It's Absolutely. it's you, you're really in but but with that is a bunch of support um and it's kind of like a, a big I don't want to say Tulsa is the reason that the podcast is here, but it is one of those things where like, oh, like, no, I, I do know about community-based rinks and they're awesome. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things to where people, that, and there's people that are a part of other, you know, community, uh, you know, smaller communities and it's, they know exactly what I'm talking about, you know, and it's, it's a, uh, it's a cool part of it. But uh, I think everybody in Tulsa, at least most of the people I know, uh think you and Derek have done a great job. I think uh Texas stole uh Derek from you um, but we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep him down here uh, we're gonna keep him down here for a little bit. I'm sure you yeah. guys still uh communicate uh, from time to we time, do. but but yeah, yeah he's, we do. Uh, and,
1: yeah, and we you know like with the Tulsa community that that's probably what you said is probably the saying I enjoy the most is it's a community it's a community that people care for each other, and um and in a small market you can you can create that more you know we just got back from from uh, phoenix uh last night we had three of our teams there and it's cool because you have families from other teams on, you know they're there supporting each other and 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 uh you know everyone's kind of like you know seeing how each team's doing it's just a very cool community just so many so many great people that make you know the tulsa program run and and it's just uh it's just great to be around it and you know last night we we won our 12 our u team won the tournament and uh just seeing all the excitement from the, from the parents, just, you know, I just walked away from that, just saying, you know, it's all worth it. Like these kids, these families are making so many great f- memories for their, you know, for their family. And, and, um, and those kids just walking away smiling with a medal around their neck. It, it just, it's just a very, very cool community that, um, you know, I, I feel so blessed to be a part of.
0: Well, and the, the funny part too, is cause I feel this way. And I think that you've alluded to this a little bit, but as far as like, you're not playing anymore, but you're coaching and you're still a part of it. But it's like you uh, it's like you understand what those kids are going through because you've gone through something similar. It's kind of like any time, like, you know, you, you have a, you know, good group of friends like on the team and for, for the most part, a team is a group of friends. But I, I try and tell the younger kids, it's like some of these friends that you have, like you'll go to their weddings, like you'll know them. Uh, one of my best friends in life, Scotty Grant, I met him when we were five and we played on the same light team or whatever it was you know he's my best friend in life I talk to him once a week it's uh, you know and the funny thing is is you can see it happening and you can see them just kind of growing into not just better hockey players but better people and uh, creating friends and good friends and I don't know it's just that is the cool part about seeing it but there are times I want to step out on the ice. I'm like, I wish I could get out there, and, and then you know, it's just like And then I realize I'm coaching 12U, and I would stick out. So uh, yeah, uh, I don't, <laughs> I do yeah. But it's almost just like, will you please take my whatever and use it? Like I just, I wish I could just transfer my wantingness <laughs> or my willingness to like, I want to go score a goal, but I can't because you guys are 11. Uh, but anyway, I, I do think that's a bit funny. Uh, I did want to talk about kind of uh, the big news for. Uh, the Tulsa hockey community, though, because uh, the Lunds had done a great job, I feel like, um, because, you know, they've they've owned and, you know, owned the Oilers for a very, very long time. Uh, I know they owned the Oilers Ice Center for quite a long time. They did a great job. Um, But now um, Andy Skirto, I believe his name is, he's kind of come in and, and, you know, you got a new practice facility for the Oilers coming in, which I believe is a two-sheet facility. Um, there, there's been some upgrades I'm being told to the Oilers Ice Center. Um, but what is it like to kind of, you know, be able to be excited a little bit about some of the things that are about to happen in the future? Cause as soon as I saw that, and I don't live in Tulsa anymore, but I go back, you know, to see my family, which a large majority of them still live there. But when I saw that, you know, they were building that, I'm like, yes, yes, this is amazing. This is great. But how do you feel about it? Cause I'm sure it has to be great for youth hockey
1: it's incredible that the word you said fits what i feel is excited um you know it, it's such an exciting time andy has come in and he's uh he's just been really a, a big blessing to our community um you know just not only with the ranks but with the oilers and now we have a, a an arena fo- arena football team that uh he's bringing here called the tulsa oilers and it's just it's just really um you know there's a, there's a buzz around here that's really exciting that the grassroots programs are really growing. Um, you know, our six U eight U program, the numbers are up. And and yeah, I mean, it, we we were laughing um in the in the, in the fall, because we were like, hey, when all these families from Dallas come to play this year, you know, that have come year after year after year, they're gonna walk in our rink and be like, what in the heck happened? Because it, <laughs> it really looks nice here. The Oiler Ice Center. Uh, I mean, just everything's been um you know upgraded and and that and now we're we're getting the two sheets um he uh, bought a portion of the all and there's gonna be a two sheets in there i think one one sheet's gonna hold 1200 people and so the future is really bright and um and yeah the ones have done so such a great job through the years to get us to this point um you know they kept this uh the wither ice center alive for mm-hmm. for many many years you know through the ups yeah. and downs and it's then, not e- and it's not uh, easy
0: it's, for everybody for everybody it's, that it's doesn't it. know about ice rinks is uh, my dad has this old joke clay just you know how to make a small fortune you start with a large one and then you buy an ice rink <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly and so that you know so the wasn't great and then Andy bringing it are coming in now is just it's just pretty pretty exciting times and and we're excited about the future. We're we're doing a lot of grassroots stuff, and um, like I said, you know the numbers are growing, and and uh, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to the years ahead.
0: Yeah, but when you talk about opening up a two sheeter and a mall, like that's like, and and also you know kind of restoring some of the Oilers Ice Center, that's an investment in the sport. Uh, you know cause that's not an immediate investment. That's a long term investment. That's saying, hey, like we're going to continue to like grow the sport here um I have heard that Andy loves hockey that he is a a hockey guy yep. and he is invested and he you know and it's one of those like well put your money where your mouth is and it's like this is this is that this is a, a huge investment and it, it it will be easier I feel like for uh you know kids to be able to get ice time cuz if you think about one sheet you know down in Mansfield which you've been down to we have two sheets and Mansfield's still a pretty small community and there's still mm-hmm. sometimes is not enough ice time for everybody and now we're about to have, you know, three sheets in, in Tulsa. It's just, it's going to allow, I think, more people to get involved in it. And uh, I just think it's great. Personally, uh, yeah. I was very, very, very excited for not living in Tulsa. I was super excited about uh, that happening. So, uh, and I'm glad that uh, you get to be a part of it for sure. Um, I do, because I know you have to get going in here just a bit. We have one last part though, and this is called the shout out. Um, you have to say something positive which I feel like you would be good at, Clage. I feel like you're a positive individual anyway. <laughs> but there are, there are rules to this. Well, the only rule is that it has to be positive, I guess. But um, it can be uh, friends and family. Uh, it could be a shout-out to – it could be a coaching mantra. It just has to be positive. People have to listen yeah. to it with their ears, and then they have to feel more positive than before they listen to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Well, are you saying to pick somebody? Uh, No, it doesn't have to be a person. It just has oh. to be positive. You don't have to pick anyone. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, um,
1: gosh, you put me on the spot here. I, I, I know. I, I, was, I, I usually try and talk like
0: <laughs>
1: I was, I was leaning towards, you know, like, um, you know, Percy talks about Derek, you know, leaving to go to Dallas and, you know, this year has been our, our 10th year anniversary here in Tulsa. And, um, and we, you know, we started the program together and I, I'm really happy, you know, for him to, to go to Dallas and to, uh, you know, to, to grow in his, um, you know, his coaching career, but He was a blessing here, you know, in Tulsa and he's a big part of this too. You know, how this all started. Um, You know, we started with low, low numbers 10 years ago and it's built up. And so I really appreciate him being a part of this for, for all these years. And then, you know, as we go into the future and just, uh, you know, see, uh, just see the growth that, you know, um, I want him to know that he was a big part of that, Um, you know, just being here in Tulsa and now he's, he's gone, but, you know, we, we still think about a lot and, you know, you think about the kids that that he developed here in Tulsa um it's pretty incredible that they're you know 14 15 years old now um you know we had this past year we had 10 guys leave home to go play triple a or junior hockey which you know you're from Tulsa and so that's a big number coming out that's a big number coming out the kids you know are really get to the point where they go to that next level that we've talked about in the podcast and Derek was a big part of that and so yeah, you know, on this podcast, I, I like to appreciate him for that.
0: Well, hey, uh and this is also another chance for me to plug his episode because he's already been yeah. on the show. Uh, yeah. so I forgot I forgot what number it is, but it was a good one. Uh yeah. yeah. And he's uh and the cool part was is that like I was I was kind of down living here before he moved down here. it was like when he moved down here, it's like, Oh, I know that guy. Like I know <laughs> yeah. that guy really well. <laughs> like yeah. sure. but, yeah. but the cool thing is is that like now I'm still a part of it and he's just becoming you know, because when you first move down to an area, it's like there's some people that know who you are. But then you stop to introduce yourself to so many more people. But it's just I feel like from everything I'm being told, he's been doing a great job and he's really hands on uh, with, with, with a lot of the players and a lot of the players. parents. He's also doing kind of a cool thing where um, he does kind of like video review of, uh, yeah. of of skaters and stuff like that. And I know a bunch of people that did not know Derek previously that are are taking uh, taking that that service and i think it's absolutely. really cool yeah because the the players that are wanting to do that those are the ones that are really wanting to get better uh, and if you can kind of slow things down for him a little bit and give them maybe a broader view of uh, some of those plays it works out well but he's doing very good and i guess we can say we're proud of him can we say that Clage? yeah absolutely you know and, and and you too you know it's like i it's funny like as, as you get older
1: you um this is happening to me more and more is You see, you know, kids that were kids and now they're adults doing great things. And and you're one of those guys. I mean, when I first met you, how old were you when I first met you? Oh, I was maybe 13.
0: (laughs) 13 years old. Just, you know,
1: a rink a rink rat, you know, around the rink. And to see where your life is, you know, like where you were at 13 to where you're now. And man, it's just, it's incredible to see what you're doing in Dallas and helping so many kids and and then even doing this podcast. And I'm proud of you for uh, for everything you're doing.
0: well, I really appreciate that because, as you know, and I've talked about this you know, uh, almost ad nauseum, but I've always said that when I was growing up, my favorite team was the Tulsa Oilers. I watched the NHL, yeah, yeah. but my favorite team was the Tulsa Oilers. So uh, yeah. just, you know, you and Derek and, uh, you know, plenty of other people. I've had so many just ex-Tulsa Oilers on here that I reach out to and they're like, wait, what? What do you? I'm like, yeah, I was a huge fan of yours. And these yeah. guys, have, you know, these guys have normal jobs now and some of them don't really think about. Hockey as much as they used to, but I'm like, no, I was a huge fan. Like, please come on my show. Um, but I've just always had um, Tulsa Warriors are, you know, still my favorite team. So uh, we're we're gonna go with that. But I do appreciate that, Clage, because yeah, it, you guys were the people that I looked up to when I was younger. So coming from you, uh, I I really appreciate that. Um, you're not alone though, because I have to do the shout out too. And I usually I try not to have these prepared, which I don't. So I'm giving myself time to think about it. But this one might be easy. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Tulsa hockey community. I may have shouted this out before, but um obviously between, you know, if you listen to any of that podcast, you'll kinda of keep hearing the fact that the the numbers are growing, rinks are being built, great things are happening. Um, and I'm just really excited about it. Um, but that doesn't come if there isn't kind of hard work uh, being done in that community. And Clage, uh, you're probably a part of the shout out, but not singled out. Um, but it's people like Clage and people like Derek. Um, That kind of just continued to try and grow that program. And um, yeah, now we're seeing the the fruits of those labors. It's kind of like planting a tree. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like a tree. Absolutely. Until until a a decade later. But um, either way, um, I'm very, very happy uh, for Tulsa hockey community. And big thanks to uh, uh, not just and Derek. I'm sure there's some other people there. A, uh, lot a, lot, a lot of yeah, people. A lot of people. Which there's so many that we're not going to be able to name them, but I am going to try and find them and bring them on the podcast too. Um, but yeah, um, big shout out to Toll's hockey community. Uh, Clage, real quick, I have to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. They can find us at faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify. We have a Facebook and Instagram. Uh, follow us where you can. Uh, we always really appreciate it. Uh, Clage, thank you so much for coming on the show i think like i said we've been trying to do this for a year uh, we're both busy we're in rinks all the time uh, but anyway i'm glad that we were finally able to do it. uh yeah and i think carson's the only one left uh so yeah i feel like i feel <laughs> like you guys have already done it uh, i might have to try and bug him but uh anyway Clage, unless we miss something uh thanks again for coming on and uh i might reach out to you next time i come in town I might grab lunch or something